This very special 100th episode edition of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by every single person who's listened to this podcast before, anyone who's ever said anything nice to us, anyone who's ever said anything mean to us, and all the support we've gotten from you guys across these last two years. Let's go. Hey, Bushwick Breakout fans, welcome to the special 100th episode edition, I can't believe it, of Bushwick Breakaway. I'm your host, Ryan Mead, Gregory Kaplan, my co-host, a mm. fellow host, not co-host. I have one co-host, uh-huh. Greg is the other co-host. Greg, say hello. There you go. You're learning. You're only 100 episodes in and you're learning. It's been 100 Tuesdays we posted in a row. Can you believe that? Well, there was the one Tuesday that uh, yeah, there was, was five minutes of you explaining why there wasn't an episode. <laughs> there was that one Tuesday for people going way back. But we've grown so much. We have a wonderful website where we publish articles daily. We have a team now. It's kind of a weird – we've done a lot. And we have a lot in store for you today, if I could simply say so myself. We have two wonderful guests. Shall we reveal them now or just have them reveal themselves later? Um... It probably says in the description of the podcast. It definitely says in the description of the podcast. We have uh... – Joe, I can. I'm gonna butcher his last name. You ready? It's Fortunato. It's For- nice and easy. Fortunato, I know, but you know this podcast. That's what I do. Uh-huh. Fortunato yeah. and 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 Brian Wojtanik? Is that what he said? Oh my god, <laughs> Brian is the one you're actually having a relationship with. I know. I'm like good Wo- friends with them. Wojtanik. Wojtanik. Jay is silent. I just call him Wojo. He's. I don't know. I fucked it up. I know. But unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hot start. I think we should restart, but we won't. Um, no, we don't. That, that would. If there's one thing we've done consistently over it's the 100 never, episodes, it's never we, restart. We, <laughs> we don't restart. That's Even when you should. We don't. That's I agree totally. Uh, Brian Woj is coming on the podcast. Uh, former host of Garden Faithful, and now just Faithful Ranger fan. That's all. Uh, he'll be coming on as our dear friend to talk a little bit of Ranger hockey, and I think we're going to get pretty angry. I would yeah. be surprised if we didn't. Uh, I th- think Joe. I think Joe's going to be angry. Joe's a you know a lot better with words than either you or I. But that's perfectly fair. Uh, and of course, we should we should say this is Joe Fortunato, who's the managing editor of Blue Shirts Banter, a, a website you may have heard of if you are Andrew. You absolutely, you absolutely. Have. If you listen to our podcast, you've absolutely heard of this website. That's absolutely true. Uh, so where do we even start? I guess we could start here, Greg. We do we have to suck, huh? We suck. The Mets, are, the Mets are interviewing Joe McEwing and Alex Cora this week. You want to start there? No, I don't. Uh, I, okay. I think that was our Mets moment. Thanks. That sponsored by not the Mets. Should we, yeah. I wish we could get a sponsor for our Mets moment. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so we're one in five at the time of this recording. Uh, Not great. A, a Monday uh, afternoon, late evening. And mm-hmm. have we even looked like we could play hockey at all since the season in, started? Not really, right? Spurts. In short spurts. There was maybe a period here or there, but the, the team inconsistency, I think the lack of consistency is the theme of the season so far. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong because – Alain Vigneault, as far as I'm concerned, he makes the lines by going to randomnumberator.org and pumping in those numbers, and he goes, whatever pops out, that's exactly what he's putting on the lines today. At defensive and offensive, he switches them every single time. I'm not really sure what the consistency in this team is. We had lot. We're going to get into this. They're so they're, The practice notes today are actually insane. They make my my brain explode, Greg. Uh, let's talk about how KZB is being broken up and Buk is on the fourth line at this point in time. Let's uh, – 100 episodes of Blue Shirts Breakaway. 100 Rangers-themed episodes of Blue Shirts Breakaway. What uh, – I would say the first 20 episodes, the the plant I – the plant – the flag I planted 
was an unpopular opinion, which was the Rangers should think about trading Chris Kreider. I have since recanted that opinion, but that is something that if you've been listening the entire time, you'd remember that once upon a time was a take I had and I defended. I would say around episode 25, I was very early on the the Rangers need to move on from Elaine Vino bandwagon. I think you might have been the first. I, I wouldn't say I was the first, but I would say I was definitely on it at a period of time where it was weird for someone to be on that bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I have to say to that is I fucking told you so. <laughs> How? I just I don't understand, Ryan. I don't, let's let's talk. Let's talk about you. Okay, you've immediately said the theme of this Rangers season has definitely been inconsistency, that, that's and that correct. is true. The thing that brings you inconsistency is the inability to stick with a single lineup. You have to, in order to get consistency and in order, in order to get chemistry, the same guys have to be playing with each other on a nightly basis, not just in practice, but also in games. You have to give them a chance to grow. And seven games, six or seven games may not be enough time for that chemistry to be firm uh, in fact, the year Mike, remember Mike Sullivan, when he won his first cup with the Penguins, didn't even start the year as their head coach because the Penguins struggled to start the season. They fired their coach and they brought in Sullivan and things started to click. I'm not saying the Rangers are going to win a Stanley Cup if Elaine Vigneault gets fired. But part of the reason why the Penguins became successful once Sullivan got on board is he was able to put the right guys with each other and just play them on a nightly basis, and he took the good with the bad. A.V., the comment he had today at practice saying, I'm not seeing consistency on the ice, so we cannot have continuity until I see something from the forwards, what? is unbelievable. What does, it is unbelievable. what does that even mean? I don't know. Because, first of all, the one thing that has been good every night in these six mostly shitty games can I, there have been can two I guess? Things. Can I, I guess? I'll, there'll be, there are two things. Okay. It's the KZB line, yep. and it's the first power play unit. Those two things have produced night in and night out. The problem, One of the problems with why the Rangers have lost five of their first six games is because it is impossible to win hockey games when only one of your lines is producing. You need more production from everyone else. And it, we would, as much as we harp on the stupid idiotic decisions AV has made early in the season with the defensive pairings, it is fair to say that the nine other forwards in the Ranger lineup, for the most part, have failed the New York Rangers. And Drew Way, who has written some smart things for us, he's a pretty smart guy, he's going to keep writing some smart stuff, he brings up the point that it you could get some sense from spreading your like your talented players throughout the entire lineup. But putting Buchnevich on the fourth line is actually taking crazy. that theory and just punting it in the asshole. It's directly a- in, in the butthole. But how many times do we have to have this conversation? This, uh, too, this, too, too, this is a conversation times. we've had seven, nine episodes last year? I don't know. Like, we, we've had it for the, the two episodes since the season started, and we've had it twice. <laughs> well, Buchnevich should- The KCB line, line should be untouched. Yeah. I don't know how many other ways we can say this. It shouldn't have been touched last year, but when Buchnevich got hurt, for some reason it never got reunited. It came back with a with a vengeance to begin this season. It has played well every night. It is the shining star that is the shit heap of the New York Rangers to begin this season. And yet, not only are we breaking it up, 
but you're demoting Booch to the fourth line to play alongside one of Paul Carey or Adam, Adam Cracknell. Cracknell. Yeah, man. Getting cracked out with Buchnevich that and Adam is, Cracknell. You're putting Buchnevich with Paul Carey or Adam Cracknell, who you could make a good case probably shouldn't even be in the NHL, and Michael Grabner, who couldn't finish an opportunity to score if it smacked him in his big, beautiful face. <laughs> it's just – it's it's un-fucking believable. Grabner, come on the podcast solutions. and defend yourself. But yeah. There are simple solutions to what the Rangers – look – no such thing as a simple solution in hockey, right? No. But there are things that make sense that you can do with the forward uh, lineups to try and shake things up. First of all, stop playing Kevin Hayes in a shutdown center role. Stop it. That's not his game. It never will be his game. Put him between Nash and Zuccarello and just fucking see what happens. Let him play an offensive-style game. Put him with two wingers that know how to set up uh, scoring opportunities and know how to score themselves. Just have that be your second line. Well, let, let's take a second. First, because I kind of wanted to bring this up. Why is Desharnay or Deharnay, whatever his name is, uh, why is he your second line center? I have no fucking idea. I, I don't understand. When we tried to Derek step on, this was my fucking fear. All right. We had a whole podcast about the Deharnay signing, and we said, this makes sense if he plays a specific role. And what has happened, he's not going to play that role. No. He's, he's playing a role that no team, he played on the Montreal Canadiens and Edmonton Oilers last year. And more times than not, he was just a scratch as opposed to ever playing a top six minute. Yeah, now he's getting top six minutes on my team. What's happening? Why is he getting all this uh, all this ice time to prove himself? Why shouldn't Kevin Hayes, the person we're trying to groom to become, uh, I don't know, quote-unquote, keystone of the future of the Rangers, be in this second-line position? Am I crazy to think that? No, it it uh, it it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It but uh, it doesn't make any sense. It just Ryan, it doesn't make any sense. I, I, Kevin Hayes again. It's not that hard. <sighs> Av. For the next five games, should have lines of KZB, mm-hmm. Nash, Hayes, Zuccarello. Yep. Uh, I personally would look if DeHarnay is going to be the center. Fine, put him between JT Miller, Fost, and Miller, yep. and then have your fourth line be crack. Ah, that's the thing. VC should be higher as well. Like, put Fost in the fourth line with Grabner between one of Cracknow and Carrier, whoever the fuck you want to play fourth line center, and put VC and Miller. On the same line with DeHarnay. Because it's. Uh, Bushnevich still gets up it, on the fourth line. Oh, no, Bushnevich is KZV, my bad. No, KZV. KZV, yeah, you're KZV. right. But KZV. But. That's the thing. KZV should be untouched. Why are, you, why are you even thinking of touching KZV? It's the one thing that's really good. <laughs> it's the one thing that's working. You have, you have your power, your number one power play, and you have KZB, and you literally have nothing else. And, and I, most of that is by your own doing. I know but those Miller's are two not, things you have, so why do you fuck with that? I know Miller's not a center, but I, I would even like to try that at this point. Like, I, I'd much rather have Miller be the third-line center and Hayes be the second-line center and DeHarnay's be the fourth. I know that's like they're technically, quote-unquote, wingers at this point, but I'd feel more comfortable putting the talent and having trying to have the talent win out than playing people that are natural, quote-unquote, positions. It just doesn't make sense to me. I, no, it, it the Rangers could roll fourth line if if for whatever reason AV's big fear is if Fost is playing on the fourth line, he's not getting enough minutes, you could just easily roll four lines. Just play KZB a little bit more than the other three, and then just roll your other three lines. There's it's that simple. Fost and Grabner on a fourth line with DeHarnay is a great fourth line. That's a good All fourth things line. Yeah, no, for real. It's a solid fourth line. Those are Three bona fide NHL players that you can roll out on that fourth line to match up with any other team's 
middle six lines. And I don't feel like the Rangers are giving much up defensively. But instead, for whatever fucking reason, that is not what AV wants to do. And it just blows my mind. It isn't – It isn't coaching actual hockey players is very hard. But roster management and the allocation of assets is not that hard. You do not need an MIT degree to know what the Rangers' optimal lines are. Sean Tierney knows what they are. And he came on this podcast and said he probably wouldn't touch KZB. Well, Sean Tierney's a very smart guy. He's an intelligent – Fucking smart guy. Sean Tierney <laughs> should be the Rangers' head coach. Just saying. Uh, on top of that – more news from the practice lines today. How do you feel about the Mark Stahl, Kevin Shattenkirk Perry? Pretty excited about pretty that? Pretty fucking shitty. No, pretty not great. Uh, I just... <sighs> I just don't like... You will not... What? All right, so I will say this. I'm sorry. We're both getting really angry uh, right now. Mark Stahl and Nick Holden did play less than 10 minutes against the Devils. Yes, AV did something there. He saw that the, the two those two players were not playing up to snuff. He played D'Angelo almost 20 minutes. But guess what? What are we doing? Like, why are we hiding? Here's... here's- I'm going to say something really crazy right now, Ryan. I'm ready. Of the two defensemen that night that deserved to play less than 10 minutes, it wasn't Mark Stahl. I'm ready. Hit me. It wasn't Mark Stahl. And D'Angelo played terribly. Yeah, he did. Call Spade. Like, we've been so hard on defensemen on this podcast that have been deserving of it. Just because Anthony D'Angelo is young doesn't mean he's not able to receive our criticism. D'Angelo looked bad. But you know what else makes D'Angelo look worse? When you're pairing them with Ryan McDonough and you're putting them up against the other team's best forward lines, if you, it is not a secret that Anthony D'Angelo is a liability defensively. It is well known and is well documented. You have to protect him, and you. I understand half of it is well. Okay, if he's such a liability defensively and you have to protect him, put him with your best all-around defenseman. That's not how it works because then he has to play top line, top pairing minutes against other teams' best offensive weapons. You have to play him in third line, third pairing situations against teams lower forwards, so that you're not exposing him. And then you have to utilize his best trait, which is his offensive prowess, on the power play. And you let him quarterback the second power play unit. Putting him with McDonough is setting him up for failure. Kevin Shattenkirk is not—I wouldn't call him a liability defensively. But he does struggle occasionally defensively. You put him with McDonough, and not only are you making the three forwards on the ice better, you're making Shattenkirk's game better because McDonough can cover for him a little bit. McDonough-Shattenkirk should have been a pairing all six games this year. And the fact that we've gotten two is just utter dog shit. Utter dog shit. Here's a great question for you. Who would you say, other than Ryan McDonough, or I guess put it this way, who is not a defensive liability right now? Uh, Lundqvist. Okay. Uh, uh, okay, Ryan McDonough. That's two. But at the here's the thing: defensemen more than anyone else rely on chemistry. When you're changing your defensive pairings on a nightly basis, how the fuck are they supposed to gain chemistry with each other? I just think also we should have Shattenkirk and McDonough playing together. And then- Shattenkirk McDonough. It's not that hard. It's Shattenkirk McDonough, Shea Smith, D'Angelo Stahl. I'm not the biggest Stahl fan in the world, but I actually like Stahl compared to the lifeless bodies that Steve Kampfer and Nick Holden. 
Yeah, I actually, I wrote, as you know, I wrote an article for Blue Shirts Breakaway that was supposed to be more of a shit post article this week, and I took a lot of heat because Mark Stahl has been playing okay, you know, compared to for Mark Stahl. He's been fine. For Mark Stahl. Honestly, of all the things we can complain about this entire season, Mark Stahl really isn't one of them. Nope. But we can complain about the situations Elaine Vigneault is putting Mark Stahl in, and that's a fucking problem. That's the whole thing. It's not so, everyone's quick to blame the player, not, I wouldn't say everyone. A lot of Rangers Twitter is actually all in on the get rid of AB bandwagon, which is the most surprising thing in the world I've ever seen. I am agreeing on a daily basis with full tilt, and it's just – it hurts me that's, inside. That's got to be tough. <laughs> uh, 100 th- 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 everybody. The thing is, Ryan, he's right. Like everything full tilt is saying is right. That's- he's, he's not being the lunatic that he normally is. He's making perfect fucking sense. 2017. That's how I know it can't be that hard. 2017 is a weird year, Greg. <laughs> it's, it's, really it's, weird. it's been wild. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's just like the team will not be able to gain any consistency until it just, you stop fucking with it. Like my God, just, it's not that hard guys. I don't know, man. McDonough Shattenkirk, Shea Smith, D'Angelo Stahl. Honestly, if you have a problem with that bottom pairing, put D'Angelo in the AHL. Pionk, bring him up. I was about to say, this is my fucking point, Greg. So, all right, why DeHarnay is getting second line minutes because he's proved something? You know who proved something to me? Neil Pionk, Minduleth himself, Minduleth, the man. He's not playing with us. He's down in the AHL. And by the way, that team's looking okay because Heedle is finally. T- Heedle had a three point game. Yeah, the guy's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's almost like a team put Philip Heedle in a position to perform. And he did against inferior com- competition. Imagine, just fucking imagine for a second if the Rangers gave Heedle just 15 minutes of ice time just once. Unreal. Just once. Is it time to bring on our next guest? <laughs> it is. I feel like we're not done with this rant, but I, I, I have a the feeling. Rant is just gonna continue. We're going to bring Joe on. Here's, here's the order of business here. Yep. We just ranted. We're going to bring Joe on to rant with Joe. Yep. And then when Joe gets off, we're going to rant again. And then we're going to bring Woj on to rant with Woj. Uh, and then I don't even know if we have nonsense to talk about because I think everyone is just angry. Uh, are we ranting after Joe without Woj? We might. Mm. It, we'll see how Joe goes. It might require more ranting. All right. If, if it needs more ranting, we'll add it. If not, we'll go straight to Woj. How about that? I love how everyone is now going to know that we did this part before we talked to Ro- Woj. Oh, uh, and, what? And- what? No, us? Be professional? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's been a hundred episodes. <laughs> like, where, what are you doing here? Uh, do we do we want to talk about that eventually later? Talk about our our our, our milestone as podcasters. Sure, sure, that that that'll be our nonsense for the day. That sounds good. All right, man. Let's go over to uh, Blue Shirts Banter Managing Editor. Here we go. Hey, we're back with Managing Editor of Blue Shirts Banter, Joe Fortunato. Joe, thank you so much for joining us on our hundredth episode for our first ever big time crossover episode. How's it going? Oh, it's good. I didn't know it was your 100th episode. This it, is exciting now. It is, yeah. No, this is a special edition. We're, we're just bringing on our biggest yeah. rivals, you know, in Bushard's banter, to, uh, to say hello, and then we're bringing on some other rivals later. And by rivals, I mean dearest friends. Yes, cherished friends. Cherished friends. Uh, we both share something in common, though, I believe, these days, which is our, our, our true love for Alain Vigneault. And I believe that's one of the reasons you're on the podcast today. Sure. They could absolutely we could we could sell it that way if we need to to the people. Yeah, no, we yeah. he's done so much for us. He's really good at lottery balls and switching up lines, and he's really stolen my heart. But where do we even start from this from this point, Greg? Would you like to ask the first question? Yeah, Joe, my first question is nice and easy for you. Uh, it's uh, why. <laughs> um. Oh God, that's just. 
that's the million dollar question, isn't it? Um, it really is. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you sort of a I think a sideways answer on that. I have a, a tinfoil hat theory that I'm going with that Vigneault probably feels a little bit of the heat from having Lindy Ruff on the bench with him. I think he is somewhat aware that the past couple of years have not exactly gone according to plan. And I have made this point often on the website, and I continue to make it to the AB defenders. But I think you could make a case with a pretty startling amount of evidence that in 2014, which was really his peak as a, uh, as a head coach, you're talking about a guy who didn't really have any control over the player personnel. You're talking about someone who kind of came into a situation and just started to do his thing. And from that summer forward, with the Girardi extension, with the Strawman uh, being let go, with Glass being brought in, Pouillot, and all these other moves, some of them defensible, some of them not defensible, as A.B. got his hands on the personnel aspects of this team, they have regressed every year under him. And I don't know if he necessarily feels the heat. I think he should feel the heat. But this is part of the reason why everybody was so up in arms over him getting a two-year extension last season, because the Rangers have pretty much looked at him and said, you know what, we like what you're doing. We think you've done some wonderful things for the team. Here's some added job security, and nobody seems to know why. So I guess the real answer for you is I would like to think he's panicking. I would like to think that these decisions are based off the fact that he realizes that he may not have a job in a month. But I don't know, because this isn't exactly some wild swing in personality. We've seen this from him before. We have seen this movie before. Maybe oh, not absolutely. in the fifth or sixth game of the season, but we've seen this movie before. Absolutely. And I, that kind of segues nicely to my next actual question. Is there a defensible reason in your mind why Elaine Vigna would break up Kreider, Mika, and Buchnevich? The one thing that seems to have been working in his first six games and not only does he break it up, but he immediately puts Booch down on the fourth line. Is there a defensible reason for that move in your mind? There is a, a defensible reason to break the lineup. And, and I've spoken about this too on our podcast, and I've spoken about this on, on Blue Shirt Banter as well. One of my biggest gripes with Vigneault's decision-making is that I cannot follow a trail of logic. I don't have to agree with what a coach is doing. I don't have to agree with what a player is doing but I would like to at least understand where they're coming from. I would have told you the only logical reason that I would break up the KBZ line is to get other guys going. So if you want to move Buchnevich to maybe the second line with Zuccarello, if maybe you want to get Kreider going and you want to put him with Zuccarello, if that's how you break this up, that's one thing. But to take Buchnevich off the first line and move him to the fourth line, that's where, again, you can't follow the path of logic because what is the goal now? And let's also call a spade a spade on this. For as much as Buchnevich was part of the first line, I think he played like the fifth or sixth least amount of even strength ice time the past couple of games in terms of forwards. So he was a first liner on paper, but he is still being underutilized, which again, we saw this movie last year. So do I have a logical explanation for you? No, because I have no idea. I don't know. The only thing I can think of is you want your offense to come from elsewhere. Maybe you put Buchnevich with Nash. Maybe you're trying to do something on that end to get him going. Maybe you move Hayes or Miller or something. There are plenty of players who are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Buchnevich is not one of them. So him finding his way to the fourth line, again, these are major 
developmental concerns and major talent evaluation concerns that, again, we've lived with for the past three years. So I don't get it. I, 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 you've asked me two questions that I really don't have an answer to, but hopefully I've given you at least some substance of what of where we're coming from. I will say, I think, you I think s- the problem is none of us have an answer to them. You I s- think that's why we're here. You sound a lot like us. That's what I'll say. <laughs> You've made a lot of points there that we've I, kind of made over and over again for the past couple of weeks. If nothing else, I think the, this past week and a half has really united a good portion of this fan base. Granted, we're being united in like this house of, I don't understand what's happening, but I really have seen some relatively extreme sides of the Rangers blogosphere and, and fans and social media come together over their confusion on this. So at the very least, we're moving in that direction, if that makes either of you feel any better. Uh, it, it, it doesn't whatsoever, thank you. But uh, I'm going to ask you a question I asked Greg earlier. Your thoughts on playing Mark Stahl with Kevin Shattenkirk? All right, so this is, this is an interesting... I think Stahl has been much better this year than we've seen previously i don't know if it's going to last he's i think mike if none of you guys mike murphy who writes for the website and and he's one of the co-hosts on our podcast Mm -hmm. i think he called him an offensive savant which i really like because this year he has been an offensive savant if here's how bad it's been with Vigneault, it could be worse right now that's my honest opinion on that it could be camphor um shanker could be on the third pair i don't know Larry Brooks even got in on the party and wrote a story today about how he doesn't understand how a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk can get the fifth amount of even strength ice time in the loss to the Devils. It just it, it defies comprehension. Well, the guy so, is only a 60-point player. He doesn't do too much, you know? I, well, right. <laughs> and, you know, you can't have defensive mistakes. And listen, uh, honestly, I'm happy that D'Angelo's still with McDonough, it appears, on the top pair. Um, I'm happy that he's at the very least in the lineup right now. I I don't know. I, I really don't even know where to get into. Like, Smith is playing. These are the little things that I'm taking as positives. And that in and of itself probably explains a little bit about where we are as a team. But that's where I am. I, I don't think it's the worst decision that Vigneault could have made, but it's certainly not the best. Shattenkirk came here to play with McDonough. McDonough wanted Shattenkirk so they could play together. You would think the two of them would be probably one of the top first pairs in the NHL. You would think them with Smith and Shea would make one of the better top fours in the NHL, and you're not seeing any of that. You saw it for one game, and then it disappeared. So what happens? I I don't know. That's the thing that I can't really wrap my mind around, Joe. It's like Vigneault is saying consistency will come when he sees improved play, but isn't part of the entire equation you have to let these guys play together in order for them to get better? They're not just going to wake up one morning and have chemistry. It comes from practice, and and it comes from playing in games. That's where I've had a lot of my issues. First of all, you can read into everything Vigneault says a million times. You, he says things that should never, ever be uttered. Uh, for example, I love Henrik Lundqvist, but I love the team more. Or I'm trying to win hockey games three games ago when he sat Smith and D'Angelo and went with 11 forwards and seven defensemen. They're just not things that you hear or see. And that is one of the frustrating aspects of this. You just don't know. Because let me, let me flip the switch and ask you a question. I made the argument that it kind of feels like Vigneault may be coaching for his job or at the very least feels pressure that this start may cost him his job. Is that something you would agree with? I, I would 100%. Uh, I've been 
I, I mean, I think Ryan and I spent all summer saying the thing that should have scared Vigneault most about his job security was deciding to give hold and install critical ice time in must-win playoff games and it backfiring in his face. I, to me, that was enough. And then everything about what he's doing in these six games, mind you, they are the first six games of the season, but the word I would use is desperate. That's the only word that comes to mind. A coach who is comfortable with his roster, comfortable with his team, and comfortable that this might just be a rough patch and something he can get out of does not make as many consistent line changes as Elaine Vigneault is making. This screams of desperation and screams of AV. I don't know if, I mean, I personally think rightfully he should feel like the seat is hot because the seat should have been on fire since they got embarrassed by the Penguins two years ago in the first round of the playoffs. But to me, a rational coach with the confidence of ownership and management would not be making the constant line maneuvers that he is making right now. Uh, for me, I was a big longtime AV defender until I was worn down and I saw the true ways of how I was misguided into thinking he was a good coach and thinking he was a good talent evaluator that could have been from past when Torch was here. Uh, he's kind of lost me in general uh, over the past couple, I don't know, two seasons now. And we just signed Brennan Smith to a pretty hefty contract for a player of his caliber, and we're not playing him whatsoever. We're not even trying to play him too hard. I, I, I'm i very confused because I really like the Shea Smith pairing in the playoffs last year, and we've given it like two games and just got rid of it again. So I, I don't know what he's seeing in practice, but he didn't see enough out of Neil Pionk when I did, but he doesn't see enough out of Brennan Smith now uh, when Shea Smith worked for him last year. So I do think he's coaching for his job, but I'm also kind of in the camp that I think he has all year to play for it. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think they gave him the two-year extension because they like him. And now, and we've talked about it on this podcast before. I don't really know the power dynamic in the New York Ranger organization. For example, uh, does Gordon pull the strings? Does AV pull the strings? Who's giving who what? I'm not sure. So I don't think he's playing well, for his job. He's going to keep it all year, I think, unfortunately. It's funny you mentioned that because on our podcast last week, we talked about whether or not that, like at some point you need to say that Gordon is complacent to these moves because he could do everything in his power to stop them. Um, you know, AV didn't send Heedle down to Hartford. That was a decision that they both made. Right. AV isn't just walking into the lineup and saying, oh, you know what, um, I'm going to spit Brendan Smith. I'm going to play Shattenkirk 5v5 minutes. It's not like Gordon is just looking at the lineup right before the game starts and is saying, oh, that's what he's doing tonight. They, they've had conversations and part of my reasoning behind thinking that Gordon may be a little bit more accepting of this than we thought or want to think is the Derek Stepan trade. He got back D'Angelo. They asked for Tony D'Angelo. They wanted him. So that's not something that a general manager just walks into the coach's room and says, Hey, here's this guy that I just traded for you. They sat down and said, I think we're going to make a deal with Arizona. What types of players do you want? And we've seen this. I wrote about this on the website. We've seen this before. Glenn Sather traded everything the Rangers had to get Keith Yandel. Yandel got less power play time than he'd ever gotten in his career in New York, and he played third-pairing minutes. And Obviously, hmm. Glenn Sather loved Anthony Duclair. He kept him with the team. They wanted him to be on the team. A.V. didn't play him. He went back down to the minors. The Rangers traded him away. Edom, McElrath, you can go on and on. And some of these players, in the case of Edom and McElrath, are not even in the NHL. But the point isn't that they were so good they should be here. The point is that Eden was a better player than Glass was. 
McElrath was a better option than Girardi was, period. There's no real debate about this, or at the very least, they should have gotten a look. So my concerns are that the issues that threw Vigneault out of Vancouver are the exact same issues that are ailing him here in New York. And the things that Vigneault did when the Rangers got their teeth kicked in against Pittsburgh two years ago are the exact same things that are happening right now. And the things that Vigneault did against Ottawa that cost the Rangers that series and gave them no shot at a golden injury-plagued road to the Stanley Cup are the same things you're seeing today. And that's a problem. And at some point, if Gordon had an issue with this, there's more than enough evidence to sit down and say, you either need to adjust the way that you're doing your job or you're not going to be here anymore. And I am in the camp that Lindy Ruff would be no better than what Vigneault is doing right now. But Sutter is sitting on the sidelines. No. Family Cup winning coach no. who could potentially come in. <laughs> you're, are, you a, are you a people, Sutter fan? Just, 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 I, I want to get that I'm out of the way. I'm not a Sutter fan. Okay, neither am I. I'm not a Sutter fan, but I am of the mind that the Rangers are so close to being a Stanley Cup contender because I too truly believe this team has enough talent to at least be in the conversation that you're not looking for a good coach. You're looking for the right coach. And I don't know, I could be talked into the fact that Sutter might be able to take this group and do what he has to do. I don't think Sutter's the kind of coach that you want for a rebuild, but the Rangers really aren't rebuilding. The Rangers are in a position where they're kind of quadruple A. They're not bad enough to not be in the playoffs, although I may be eating my words on that. And they don't look good enough right now or well-coached enough to be actual contenders. But I can tell you that the debate has never been whether or not Vigneault was a good coach. Vigneault is a, an adequate NHL coach. He's a good coach. You could make the argument that having peak Luongo and Lundqvist have helped his regular season resume. But the question becomes, is he the right coach? And I think the answer is a firm no. I don't think the Rangers are ever going to win a Stanley Cup with him behind the bench. And that's just, I mean, that's, that has to be the question for me. I agree, I agree with you on that very final point. I'll, I will say this. I think the in-game Elaine Vigneault while has been frustrating at times, usually in seasons past, it, it's worked. But to me, I keep going back to the Blues game where the Rangers are at home. They have final change. And for whatever reason, Elaine Vigneault as a coach is making the decision to always play Holden and Camper against the Tereschenko line. And at that moment, I realized Maybe uh, it, it doesn't take a genius to know that shouldn't be the two guys you have on the ice against Tarasenko. And credit to Mike Yeo because Mike Yeo would keep seeing Alden Camper out there. And he's like, all right, Vladdy, go out, do, what you, do your thing. It doesn't even matter that Tarasenko scored. It's just, it's basic one-on-one. Just have McDonough on the ice when he's out there. And I, it, like just seeing that infuriated me beyond any point of recognition. And at that moment, I realized... I honestly don't think the Rangers are going to do anything if A.B. is back there. And I, but I also agree with you. I don't think Lindy Ruff is the end-all, be-all or the answer to this question. I honestly, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it. I don't know enough about coaching prospects in the NHL or guys. I, I personally like Suter just because I think, like you said, Joe, I, I, I think the Rangers right now need a motivator more than they need a coach. Um, these guys are good enough and have played – well, they should have been playing enough together to be at a point where at this point they just need someone to point them in the right direction. Um, but I'll, I'll be the first to admit, every time I say fire AV and someone says, fine, who do you want? I'll be the first one to say, I don't even know because I just I don't have enough of a deep knowledge within the coaching ranks to know who the guy could be. 
And, and it's a difficult question because, like I said, you're not talking about a rebuilding team. Listen, if this team was rebuilding, you could talk me into Messier being the coach. If you're going ground up, that's fine. But if you're a team that has expectations to win the Stanley Cup, and, and here's what I'll, I'll say since uh, you brought up the fact that you're not a Sutter fan. Five or six years ago, Mike Sullivan was a laughing stock in terms of NHL coaching. He was Tortorella's assistant on the Rangers. He was in charge of a power play that probably would have done just as well if you or I were on the point. He had absolutely no clue of what he was doing when he was drawing up last-second plays. Everybody looked at him and they thought, oh, my God, this guy is the worst assistant coach in the NHL. And Tortorella took him in Vancouver, and then he got the job in Pittsburgh, adjusted himself, and now he's widely considered one of the better coaches in the NHL. And he has his name on the Stanley Cup twice. So these guys can, and Tortorella is even an example of somebody who I think adjusted, maybe not as much, somewhat of his methods and works now in Columbus. I'm not telling you that Sutter is going to be the best option in the world, but I am telling you that if you're looking for a coach who may be able to get you over the hump right now, you're at least dealing with somebody who's A, won a Stanley Cup before, and B, walked into a situation where LA destroyed their own cap situation and had to blame somebody and the ax fell on his head. I could be talked into it. I really could be. Oh, I absolutely could as well. I'm right there with, again, I, I, I don't think the Rangers need a genius X and O's guy to have this team play well together. We've seen the KZB line perform. We've seen the first power play unit perform. I think if you give these guys enough time in the right situations, and I think part of the problem with AV is he just doesn't even know what the right situations for his own players are, these guys can be very successful. And if Suter is the guy that'll just walk into a room and look at everyone in that room, show his ring and be like, you want one of these? I know what it takes to get there. By all means, I'm, sign me up. I'm right there with you. Uh, I just, there are just some basic things that right now that we're living in where AV has shown he doesn't understand the players he has. The fact that David DeHarnay is going to see second line minutes over Kevin Hayes and the fact that they are putting Kevin Hayes in a role that Kevin Hayes day in and day out has proven he can't play. It is not an indictment of Kevin Hayes's persona as an NHL player that he's not a shutdown center. Some guys just aren't. It's that simple. Kevin, put Kevin Hayes next to Nash and Zuccarello and just let the kid score. I don't understand why they're trying to make him be something that he's not. And this is AV 101. He's forcing Girardi as a top pair defenseman. He's forcing Tanner Glass as a crunch time minute defender. Um, forcing he probably had, in terms of primary point generation, some of the best two seasons of hockey that we've seen out of somebody that young into a role of defense first that's clearly not working. These are alarming trends that, again, we have seen time and time again. It would be one thing if Vigneault was throwing something different against the wall to see what's stuck, but that's not what's happening. You're seeing the same moves over and over and over again. And Larry Brooks, uh, alluded to the fact today that he thinks Vigneault might be missing Girardi on defense, and I agree with that. Vigneault might be missing him because he doesn't know what to do. Because I'm, in his head, McDonough and Girardi was a number one pair group, at, and that is a problem. At that point, we might as well have kept Girardi. Like, we're, we're still paying him. We might as well have kept him for another year if we thought we were going to lose like this. Trade, no, this trade is, step this is on. much better. It's, it's much better to not have that problem. Oh, I, no I'm aware. What, I'm just saying, like, if we were going to lose the whole year... And if this if management thought we weren't on 
I mean, they traded Derek Stepan, obviously a, almost a 1C. I think we can make the argument he is a 1C. But if not, definitely a 2C. Would definitely help us win this year. If we if management still thinks we're a cup contender, why would we do that trade and, you know, get rid of... We got rid of Dan Girardi to make our defense better. We all know that. We traded Derek Stepan to make what better? Our future? Well, that's. I think that's where I kind of go back to this. Gordon and Navy have to be in cahoots, at least on some level. Because if you look at top to bottom, the Rangers' decision-making this summer, it was clear that going after upgrading the defense was the main priority, as it should have been. So the step-on trade does three things. It removes salary cap, it creates a hole down the middle, and it gets you an ability to kind of reset your farm system, which they did. Now, the middle issue, which is not having step-on around, they never traded for a center or even made a play for a center. I mean, Daniel Winnick would have been a fine third line center and he was signed for a bargain bin price so i get that duchene is going to be expensive maybe you don't want to make a big splash winnick would have solved a lot of the rangers problems because he would have been a defensive third line center that you can utilize to allow kevin hayes to not have to play that two-way game but the fact that the rangers did nothing insinuates that him and gordon sat down and said one of Heedle or anderson is going to start the year with the team and one of them is going to be with the team moving forward because why else would you do nothing and Anderson went back to Sweden. Keitel stayed, and he got five minutes and four minutes, or five minutes and six minutes, or whatever it was. Scratched game three. Oh, well, we saw enough. We saw enough, you know? That was it. <laughs> well, that's all it takes to evaluate talent is 12 minutes of ice time between two games. And no 18-year-old is going to make an enormous impact unless their name is Connor McDavid. It's just not the way that the game uh, It's... It's been good at that, and you're seeing the same thing happen with D'Angelo, and it drives me bananas. It's a really weird period. Uh, Go on, Greg. I just the thing that Joe just to allude back to one of your points, how there has to be some kind of understanding between Av and Gorton that they have to be working in some kind of unison. But at the same time, do we really think Elaine Vigno is a guy that would have been okay with? Buying out Dan Girardi didn't you just didn't we just make the case that Av likes what he likes? He obviously liked Dan Girardi, so why get rid of Dan Girardi? I'm not saying it's the because, I'm with you 100. I wanted Girardi bought out just as much as the next guy, but it, it, it like the the one seat of doubt in my mind where maybe Gorton is a little bit more hands off with the lineup decisions is because I just I don't know any conversation where Elaine Vigneault would sit down and say we're done with Girardi. The only answer I have for that is maybe Gordon forced his hand because he did take the toys out of Vigneault's hands with Glass and Girardi. But it also may be that Vigneault knew he could not hitch his wagon to that any longer, that that train was moving one way or another. And when the beat reporters start to turn on a guy, you know that they sense blood in the water. And I think that's one of the issues with sort of, um, I don't know the right way to put this. I, I think the media has considerably softened when it comes to Vigneault, because he's nice to them, than with Tortorella. Because Tortorella was routinely roasted for not utilizing Chris Kreider enough. I can only imagine what the columns would have looked like today if this was John Tortorella at the helm instead of Vigneault. But Vigneault plays nice, and he you know, catches more flies with honey than vinegar, so nobody wants to rock the boat. But I do think that it became so overwhelming that the, the burden of proof was already there, that Girardi was not a top-pairing defenseman, that Gordon knew he had to do what he had to do, and he probably overruled Vigneault in the first place. Same thing with Tanner Glass. But to your point, 
there is, um, I agree that it may have been a struggle, but obviously they're on the same page right now because nothing's happened. You'd think Gordon would step in and say, hey, you can't scratch Smith the second game. We just signed him to a four-year extension. What are you doing? You know, Vigneault didn't send Heedle to Hartford, like I said. Exactly. Vigneault might be the guy who's putting Holden into the lineup on the first pair, but Holden's here because he's not traded. So they've definitely, this is not happening totally aside from one another, but I do see what you're saying. I just think he was overruled by just the immense amount of evidence that had kind of come together. You brought up one more interesting point, and I know we're taking up your time at work, so I don't want to keep you forever because we could probably go on for another three hours about the mess that have been, has been the first six games. The, 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 going back to AV, uh, uh, you can catch more flies, yada, yada, um, and the media warming up to him. Um, I know hockey is not your only sport. Like, it's not my only sport. Reporters loved interacting with a guy like Terry Collins with the Mets because Collins would – tell it to him straight. He was always available for sound, win or lose. And yet, for some reason, the New York beat writers that follow baseball teams, regardless of their relationship with the manager, still bring out the knives. Whereas I think it's been pretty made pretty clear that if a coach gets buddy-buddy with these beat writers in the NHL, the tone of the articles are different. I wonder if, I wonder if you could just provide any kind of... I mean, it's not to say you or I or us in the blogosphere as people like to put us um are in the locker rooms with these guys on a nightly basis like what greg is saying it it definitely feels different right big time podcasters like ourselves i I mean it's a a tough way to answer the question but uh, let me let me give it to you this way blue shirt banter is a credentialed media entity as far as the nhl is concerned i can go to the draft i can go to the winter classic i have gone to the winter classic for nhl events blue shirt banter is a credentialed media entity. SB Nation as a whole, I think, has actual game-by-game credentials for at least 60 to 70% of the hockey teams out there. As you should. The New York Rangers do not consider us a media entity. As they should. Part of the reason is because we're sort of out of their jurisdiction in terms of what they can and can't control. And it has always been like that. And it will never change until something at the top changes. And, you know, there's, I guess there's more I can say, but I'm not here to, you know, drag anybody through the mud or go through anything. This is just, this is the stance the team has had for years. This is the way that it was when I first took over the site in 2011. It's the way it is right now in 2017. It is how it's going to be, you know, for the next two or three years or moving forward, because it's pretty clear where bloggers and internet media entities stand in the grand scheme of things, most of them, and SB Nation probably has a couple of rotten apples, but for the most part, there are very respectable websites across all four major sports that get credentials. But I will go to the draft. I will stand next to these guys uh, in the locker room probably January 3rd when the Rangers or January 1st, whatever it is, when the Rangers play the Winter Classic because the NHL considers us a media entity. Um, So I do think that from the way that I'm answering this question, I'm sure that there is some trepidation about getting the knives out when there is such a, I don't even know, there, there's such a fine tooth comb going through the way that some of these things are uh, written about. And, you know, it's, it's just so, definitely are, yeah, it's, uh, it's just so, it's so odd to me because in other sports, I mean, I'd go back to, I think the Dallas Mavericks were like the first team ever to 
just give media credentials to anyone who writes about the Mavericks. They don't care where you do it or how you do it. As it, Just because I don't have a byline in a New York Daily newspaper that has been in circulation since 1950 doesn't mean that I don't have good questions. The same thing goes for right, you. And, that, and that's their point, I think, or at least the way that it was coming back to me, was there was no actual punishing factor. Um, you know, if, you, if Zippe goes in, say, and asks a stupid question or causes a scene or whatever happens, they at least have the ability to say to Newsday, although I think MSG owns Newsday now, so it wouldn't be the case. But regardless, say Brooks goes in and does something inappropriate, they could turn around to the Post and say, hey, we're, we're revoking your credentials and that there would be actual punishment doled out. I am the be-all end-all, you know, when it comes to the Blue Shirt Panther as a whole. So I think they look at it as there's really nobody that we answer to. But I've been in the locker room before. There were no major incidents. You're not sitting there looking for autographs. But I, I do, I do want to say that I think we've, carved out a niche without that access. And I think that's part of the reason why our viewership is so high is that we're not writing the same story over and over again. You really only need to follow one beat reporter. And I like these, they're not bad people, but this is really what coverage of the Rangers has come to a lot of people writing the same thing. And I think that's why blogs have become so popular because you are getting different analysis. These podcasts, people aren't talking about these questions on ESPN radio. They're not. So you're doing something different than the mainstream. People and are talking about hockey and that's why on ESPN Radio. Like, hockey's not even so, talked about. There it is. So it, it's... Absolutely. I mean, we're, that's our motto. We are on the front page. Rangers are on the front page every day on Blue Shirt Panther. They can't even get on the back page of the paper when they win. So I, I think that's part of it, too. Can't even get on the back page when they're in the playoffs. Like, it's not... Yeah. There's no way. You're never getting there. Well, to be fair, you know, the, the Post and the Daily News, they got to worry about what CC Sabathia does every night in June as opposed to what the Rangers are doing. So I get, I get that. Yeah, that's, you know, you know where your audience is, I guess. But, yeah, thank you guys. I'm sorry to bail, but thank you for having no, me. No, man. I really appreciate it. Appreciate uh, it, Fantastic we'll to have do, you, We'll dude. do a crossover Any, on our side of the fence. Oh, next. exciting stuff. Let us know. Any, anytime you want to come on and vent, Joe, we are, we are here with open arms, my man. Thank All you, right. Joe. Oh, there you go. I lost you for a minute. Thanks, guys. We're going to lose us now. Talk to you later, Joe. Bye-bye. Bye. We're back with a very special, tender-to-our-heart guest, Brian. Whoa, I mispronounced your name, by the way, at the beginning of this oh, podcast. Go with that. I, uh, I, I, I said, I said, like, uh, what the actual other Woj's last name is. I know your last name is Wotanic, but I pronounced it yeah. like super unprofessionally at the start of this podcast, yeah, and guy. we didn't, we didn't redo it. So yeah, he's blocked you on Twitter. <laughs> we talked about that. Hey, Whatever, yeah. welcome back to the Blue Shirt Breakaway, a very special hundredth episode appearance. Uh, you, yeah, this is uh, this is exciting. Let me be the first because I'm sure you guys haven't talked about it yet. Like, let me be the first to congratulate you on hundred episodes. Like, kind of impressive. Yeah. Like, that's that's a milestone. It, so, congrats on the sex. Thanks, bro. I really appreciate it. And speaking of, sex, I think you guys legally have to get married to each other now. Uh, we've tra- uh, we've uh, talked about geez. it. Greg's like pretty against it. I'm all for it. Sex positive podcast 2017. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah, <laughs> you know I'm game. Come on, dude. Speaking yeah. of speaking of sex, I guess we'll just start. If you guys think of any, because I thought a bunch. I was at the gym. Uh, while we were before, you know, just bragging about how get my muscles together, and I was thinking about how this Ranger season related to uh to porno innuendos. So I was thinking like nice deke but can't finish, like backdoor goals nine. I was just just spout them out if you get them throughout the podcast. You know, just like we'll get through it. That's all. <laughs> Greg is so unhappy with me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not unhappy. It's, it's just uh, uh, Brian. No. Brian. Uh, uh, <laughs> 
a hundred episodes, we've really, we've really just raised the bar yeah. on the standards of ourselves. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Shorthanded gals? Like that one. That, oh, thought, thought that one up. Oh, I got, geez. I got a few more. I'll, I'll pepper them through. Let's, uh, yeah, let's get, th- let's get down to business uh, to defeat the Huns and also to talk about the Rangers. Uh, a little Disney for you there, Brian. Just got your back. I loved it. I know you, you see did. That smirk. I did. <laughs> a great podcasting. Uh, you, we brought you on pretty much to talk a little bit of Rangers and how you're feeling right now about our coach and our situation. So I, I'm going through a bunch of emotions with the Rangers, man. It's. I, I'm I'm on I'm gonna go two ways with it. There's the obvious irrational way where like I want to be so angry and just yell all the time. Like I just nonstop want to yell every Twitter update, every like lineup change, every time the puck drops. I just want to scream at the top of my lungs. And I've talked about this before. I don't mind losing. I'm a sore loser, but I can take losing. It's losing at the expense of like ignorance and. Not losing because of lack of talent. Losing because your coach is literally a buffoon. He's a goddamn gum-chewing buffoon. And so, like, like literally, like, like the, if I was a Cubs fan, like the Joe Madden thing from whatever, like not putting Wade Davis in, it's insanity. Like, he's gotta craziness. Be, he's got to be hurt, dude. It, it, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's definitely hurt. But, like, in terms of, like, without knowing that, like, as a Cubs fan, you're obviously irate because you lost solely because your manager made a buffoonish decision. Exactly. That's how I feel about the Rangers all year. It's too early in the season for me to completely wave the white flag and just throw all in the towel. But, like, the carryover from the playoffs last year in the Ottawa series to start this year is infuriating. It, nothing has changed. Literally nothing at all has changed. So it, it's pretty infuriating to see. On the other hand, like it, it, it is, it's too early in the season for me to make a decision. Like there's a lot of newer guys on the team, like the, the Shattenkirk thing, the defensive pairs, whatever. But like, I don't know. I, I'm right down the middle where like, I, I want to panic every night. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to show this dropping tomorrow. So tonight against Pittsburgh, like my shit into the pants already. Like I have no desire to get excited to watch this game. No. So I don't know. I'm all over the place, but the coach is an absolute buffoon. Like I, I think that's kind of where we all lie. Let me it's be the just, first to say that I like when you go both ways. All right, go ahead. Chris. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> it's uh, it's sweet music to me when Woj starts to rant with, "I don't really care if we win or lose," as he's wearing like a Buffalo Bills sweatshirt. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty. It's, all my sports teams are the same. Like if like they set the bar so fucking low that if they just step over it, I'm like, oh my god, yes, yes. Like, you guys, you guys keep doing you, baby. Like the Bills are three and two, and I'm like, holy shit, playoffs! Like getting, taking my shirt off, so. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely it, it carries across all three teams for sure. This is something we talked about before you were kind enough to grace us with your presence on the podcast tonight, where you mentioned how you're not panicking yet. It seems like every lineup maneuver Elaine Vino is making, he's panicking. And that's oh, for sure. that's kind of the problem, right? We're six games in the mm-hmm. season. The one person who shouldn't be panicking is the head coach, and he seems to be front and center in terms of um, who the hell is overreacting to what game it is in, on the calendar. It's, it's pretty evident, too, because that's always kind of been his MO since he's come here. Like, you know, he was calm, cool, collect, never really showed emotion, you know, gave the same cookie-cutter answers in press conferences. Like, he's, he, he's a pretty boring guy, but he was always pretty calm, cool, and collected on the bench. Like, obviously, the lineup thing, even like I said, from the Ottawa series, like, he very clearly can't manage his defense. But, like, it, it's I think you're right. Like, I, it's very clear, like, he knows, like, he's – by far on the hot seat. Like, there's no doubt about that. And especially with the schedule they have coming up. I mean, you've got Pittsburgh and the Islanders coming up. You lose both those games. So there's got to be a serious conversation in that front office of what to do with him. And I think he knows that. And I, I, I just think he's lost the team. You know, I, I hate to say the coach makes the entire team. Like, you know, I don't think this team is different 
too much different, but like a solid lineup, like a consistent D pairing, not having Brendan Smith sat for two games, not having D'Angelo play every with everybody every other night, not having mid-game switches, like just stuff like that. I think he's lost control, and I think he's kind of known that. And I, I, I don't think he's the coach by the end of October. I just genuinely don't. Speaking of the upcoming schedule, well, let's talk about that really quick. Usually we do a segment called National Holidays of the Week, but we'll go through it very quick. Uh, October 17th of uh, today, actually, is the Penguins. It's National Trauma Day. I tried to make these really sad and relatable. Uh, that's very relatable. Uh, October 19th is Islanders Evaluate Your Life Day. Well, that's probably when we'll do that. <laughs> um, so if we end up losing the Islanders, I think we'll evaluate our life and decide if we're actually going to continue to watch this team. Unfortunately, since we host the podcast, we will still be doing that. And then, uh, and then uh, October 21st, Nashville. This Saturday is Bridge Day. Probably should stay away from bridges. Just gonna throw it out there. Uh, yeah. Just go with I love Darren Day instead. I just, I honestly, it, it's so weird that it's the what third week of October, but I'm already saying. I said this last week too. I don't know which of those games the Rangers win. I don't know I, either. I, 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 I don't. Not with the way this team's playing right now. Don't think any. By the way, like if maybe, we went maybe on- the Islanders just because it's the Islanders, but we are the Penguins have come out slow to start the season, but we've redefined yeah. what slow to start the season is. And Nashville is Nashville's Nashville. They're playing just as they did last season. Listen, these are good teams. Uh, our schedule doesn't get really easy. Uh, we play the Coy- the only one team hasn't won a game yet. That's the Coyotes. We play them next Thursday, so that will be. Uh, and by the way, that's not a guaranteed win either. I'm not. I'm not chalking no, that one up. No, because no. we blow. Yeah, we yeah. Blow, we blow. We come from oh. the blue line. That's Stop all. We'll have a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's oh, it's a guarantee. He's uh, two goals. No like, doubt in my mind. Yeah, yep. uh, unbelievable. So uh, I guess what my next point is: What would you do now? Are you a Lindy Ruff guy? No, I hate Lindy Ruff. Okay. I can't stand him. We're on the uh, same page. So, like, my thing with Lindy Ruff is you bring him in to like obviously work with the defense. The defense is in shambles right now. Like, and again, it's a little bit on video, a little bit like newer guys. But like, I just like relate it back to Dallas. Like, he had a stacked offensive talent lineup in Dallas, and he couldn't do dick with it. Like, he just could not formulate a championship team with a roster that I think could have held themselves together even with soft goaltending. So it. It's crazy to me to think that an offense right now that has, what, like three goals in the last – or four goals in the last, like, three games or something like that, that he's going to come in and be the savior, that these guys are going to respond to Lindy Ruff? Absolutely not. In terms of what I do, I mean, like, again, like, you don't want to say throw in the towel because it's fucking the third week of October, yeah. like you were saying. But, like, it's it, – I don't have a game plan for this. This is why Jeff Gordon gets paid and I don't. But, like, if you know, there has to be a decision made, like we said, especially with the next couple – I got. I think he's gone by October. I think it's just he is. They have no other choice. It's New York City. Like he, there's no more buffer time for this guy. I I want to believe you. I just this is you the same team that just they, they threw down a two year extension for no reason. I, I think he's safe, and only because I think the team like wants to ride it out with him. That's and I'm yeah. not. I'm not saying because listen, Jim, James Dolan. I know we talk. We don't really talk about him, which is incredible because <laughs> uh, if you're a Knicks fan, that's all you fucking talk about. But yeah. since, since we're Rangers fans, we don't really talk about him because he's kind of hands off. But he doesn't fire guys. Like, guys just don't get fired. They stay yeah. the whole year, and then in the offseason, things get retooled. So I, I don't know if that's a good point or not, or if he even cares about the Rangers. I, can, I, I know he cares about the Knicks, but guess what? He's kind of kept his hands off that, too. Not that that's been good. Um, yeah. but, but for us, like, we've been successful the last five, six years. Dolan might, I don't know, he might just leave this alone. I, I just think like it's Rangers fans being spoiled almost like we've had so much success. Like is the world really burning that much or is it just the fact that we haven't had a start like this since 2014 and now 
but even now, so more it looks even worse. Like, do you, do you think we're being spoiled? Like, is it an overreaction? I don't think it's an overreaction because the what we're seeing from AV is just a capitulation of all the problems Whoa. we've seen from AV. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my God. I just, oh. Where am I? Well, half chub right now. I smell, crazy. I smell burning I toast. Is there a problem? <laughs> um, no, but the problem here is everything, every complaint we've had about AV over the last two, three years has been signified just in the last six games. It's his inability to properly manage his defense. It's his inability to stick with what works and change what isn't without hurting the former. It's his inability to give young talent a chance to perform. It's it's everything all at once, all somehow in a very short six-game window. The fact that Shattenkirk hasn't played with McDonough for more than two games is alarming. The fact that Brandon Smith somehow got benched two games so the likes of Steve Camper and Nick Holden what? could play is alarming. The fact that he broke up the Kreider's Benajad Buchnevich line, which yeah. is the one thing that's been working, that's not crazy. just break it up, but put Buch then on the fourth line is alarming. But the thing is, these are all things he's done once or twice over the last three years. It's just he's now doing them all at the same time, and none of them are working. So I, are we spoiled? I don't think so because this is New York, and this is a town that gives a shit about championships. And does Elaine Vino have one? No. So he really hasn't earned that pedigree, that window of, I don't even know, the buffer zone, you could say. It, this is a team that should be making the playoffs. So the fact that he has been making the playoffs is not an accomplishment. What he's done in the playoffs is jack shit the last two years. That's the problem. And I don't think he's earned any kind of um, leash in our mind to prove that he should be able to ride this out. I've I've been on the fire AV bandwagon what? basically for two Greg? years. I'm so happy you guys have finally joined me. Welcome. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm brand new to this, man. I was an AV apologist even all through last year. I tried to spin zone him so well, like so much in the Ottawa series, and I just couldn't do it anymore. And with the start this year, like I'm fully on the fire. Like I, I literally have been screaming to the clouds because I have nobody else to talk to, just yelling for AV to get fired. And everybody's like, dude, Bill Housley's one in five, too. Like, relax. Like, so the Sabres fans are miserable, too. So, but like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, so you think if you won the cup in 2014, no doubt he's not even close to the hot seat this year. Not even close. Um, I know. I want to say it's not. I, I I'd, I'd pump the brakes and say it's not that he's not even close. I'd, I'd say there wouldn't be this much talk about yeah. it. I think there would still be concern because the actions he's taken this year are alarming, especially sure. considering that they're one on top of another and they seem to be just compounding um, each and every day we move forward. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say it would be like the seat right now is probably at 120 degrees. Uh, if you want a cup, it'd probably be at like 85. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be thirsty. It'd be uncomfortable. Yeah, nice. yeah. I like that. More, more porn in your windows, uh, losing with a man advantage. <laughs> uh, That's a good one. I like that. Thank you. Through the five hole. Okay. Oh, geez. Just, let's just, okay. Anyway, back to the talk. So yeah, I don't think he would, uh, <laughs> I don't think you know he, he would he would be fine if he won the cup, guys. Like he, we would worship him. Like nineteen ninety four, like that we still worship that. I don't know if you guys have heard, but if, 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 people, if, if people forget that, but like AV, like if he was around, there's no, and he was around and we won the cup with him. There's no way he would have he'd be here. We'd give him a five year extension. 
We'd be sad. See, but I just I don't know. It, it's still New York. Joe Girardi's won a World Series with the Yankees, and I still think Yankee fans want to fire him. Yeah, that's 2009, though. Like, that's it's a little I, bit. It's a championship, Ryan. Mm. You gonna complain about championship? No, I mean, if you're a Yankee, <laughs> if you wait, hold on, rewind. If you're a Yankee fan, you're complaining about anything. You've won 27. Yeah. You expect them every year. Like, I want one before I die. Again, just one. I want, I want one. I want to cry in the streets of New York at a parade. That's it. One, one across any sport at this point. Like I always <laughs> was just adamant. Like I want to see one Rangers one. But after 2014 with the Rangers and 2015 with the Mets, just give me one. That's all I want. Just one. Yeah, just one. Well, you got you got you're, you're fine. You got the Bills. I got the Bills. I mean, I got Sean McDermott, so I got the QB uh, Tyrod Taylor, and uh, you just gotta be you gotta be careful when you play the Patriots because uh, you're gonna lose. It's rigged. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all rigged. Life's rigged. The Patriots win the Super Bowl this year. Life's rigged. Nothing matters. I still can't believe I, I I know. Look, we're gonna we've bitching we've been bitching about the Rangers a lot today, and we should be because they fucking blow. But the the call in that Jet game is unlike anything I've ever seen before, and it deserves, it deserves five minutes to be talked about. Yeah, like that's one of those like Michael Scott things where like somebody was talking about. I was like, all right, explain this to me like I'm five, and I still didn't get it. <laughs> it's a fumble because he was standing with the ball in one hand, that he got up with the ball in another, but. He never loses possession of said ball, despite breaking the goal line. Yeah, but what's a catch, I, Greg? I, like, tell me what a catch is. <laughs> you know what I mean? well, thing, it, it's a. It, I just the the thing that blows my mind is it's called a touchdown on the field. They review it, and somehow they're like, "Actually, we got that wrong." That is definitely hold on, yeah. hold on, everyone. We have enough evidence. Yeah, <laughs> it's the it. fact that there's in the mind of the referees there is indisputable conclusive evidence that says that's a fumble oh, and okay. uh, how yeah. is how I would re- re- respond to that. I have no idea. Uh, no idea. By the way, the fact that the Jets were like leading in that game is just impressive enough. Good for the Jets. Like that team like has nobody on it. There's nobody on that team. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You'd be nice to Josh McCown. Okay. Josh McCown. <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah. Future QB. I mean, he's only what, like 40. Na- name another player that's not below pal. Jamal Adams. Jermaine Curse. Jermaine Curse. Is he still on the team? Robbie Anderson. Okay. Austin Safarian Jackson. Is it Jenkins? Jenkins. Yeah, there you go. Jenkins? Yeah, Jenkins. Whatever the fuck I say it is, he fumbles in the end zone. He's a bum. Best podcast. All right. Well, that's been Jets Talk, sponsored by uh, another Wendy's, I guess. We've been getting sponsors. (laughs) We're just making us sponsors now at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I I sponsor the show? Yeah, today. Yeah, I already did the record of the pre, but next week you'll sponsor. Sponsored by Woj's Brain. Yeah, Woj's oh. Brain next week. I'll do that. You got it. All right, Woj's Brain. If the answer isn't AV and the answer isn't Lindy Ruff, do you have an answer behind the bench? We talked about this with Joe Fortunato, and I'm I'm willing to hear everyone's take on who they think should be the next Rangers coach. Um, Trump. Oh, <laughs> can't stop winning, America. Listen, if you can't, can't get over the blue line to score if there's a wall, I'm just saying. <laughs> Not a Trump guy, but I mean, I've saying. listened. I've watched a lot late, lately. I've been in. The, I've seen the news. Like, guy just can't stop winning. And like, you know, talking to presidents don't exist. So. Yeah. Call call a spade a spade. That might actually get Tony D'Angelo to play better. Oh my goodness. <laughs> not touching that one. Oh, we can uh, get Daniel Murphy on the team too. Then that's awesome. Okay. Nope. I'm out. Okay. I don't want him. <laughs> nope. you, you don't want him on the oh, Rangers. Guys, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> See you later, man. <laughs> Pleasure having you on. Um, Always hot takes on this podcast. <laughs> but seriousness, no, I don't. don't I, I genuinely don't have an answer for you. Um, who do you guys think? No one. Uh, yeah, there's uh, no one. There's That's no, the problem. There's nobody. Yeah. Drew Sutter has been thrown around. Uh, Mark Messier Darryl, is interesting. Darryl Sutter. Oh yeah, Drew Sutter. 
Daryl Sutter. He he was the Kings coach, right? Yeah, he was the yeah. Kings coach. That yeah, I don't, again, that's a guy I just don't I don't I don't buy into him. I don't buy into it either. I, I don't know where we could. I don't know. I, I'm not a ho- hockey coaching guy, so it's not like I know anything about this at all. Uh, I barely know hockey as it is, so I just call that guy Drew Sutter. You bring in Sutter, and then you have Ruff on the bench, and you're one fucking old elderly person away from an episode of the Golden Girls. Listen, like, all, all I'm saying is I've listened to Steve Alicet do analysis, and I think that guy's pretty smart. Just put him behind the bench. I think he's too great. Well, that's the thing. Oh, I love Al, yeah. Me too. You, if you get, like, a young former player, like Chris Jury makes perfect sense. I, is he the right guy for this job? I have no idea. I fuck. I would fucks with that. I'd take a year off to fucks with Jury's head coach. I just I'm a big I'm a big Drury guy. I th- I think the Rangers are grooming him for some sort of very high position within the organization. I I don't know if it's head coach, but um I I think you'd be hard pressed to have people angry with Chris Drury behind the bench. Pierre Maguire. Yeah. Uh, real people, not trolls. <laughs> oh man. Oh, has there been a player that has exceptionally stood out for you other than me because of Benajad this season or is everyone just a bum? Um, because I've been a Jed. That's oh, wow. it. Okay. Um, no, it's it's been so bad. Like the guys you expect. I mean, Kevin Hayes is performing exactly how I expected him to. So like not- this is, yes, yes, exactly how I expected him just to be a bum. Like he was never the answer. I I I've honestly moved into a position where I'm I'm now a Kevin Hayes apologist. I don't think it's his fault. I think the range. <sighs> I think Elaine Vino is specifically. Putting him in a position to fail. Oh, no, basis. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't think it's absolutely his fault at all. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. But he's been a very unimpressive otherwise. Um, Bucinavich, I think Booch is, I mean, I, as much well, as he could impress me with him being buried now, uh, he's looked awesome so far this year. And, he, like, I, I, I don't know, somebody said it. Like, Zabinijan and Kred or Booch are, like, the new Broussard and Zook. Like, I'm fine with that. Um, but Too no, bad like, they won't be playing together anymore. Yeah, it's over now. So. Uh, no, there's not one person that's like stand stood out for me besides the Benadja. I think the whole team's looked flat. Like they just look so disinterested for some ungodly reason. Like they they score an early goal against New Jersey and then just stop playing. Like who cares? Like yeah, it's I don't know. It's the team's weird this year, man. It it doesn't have that feel like it did. Like I know in the off season it did because we think we landed Chet or we know we landed Chet and Kirk. You make the move for Stefan, you bring in D'Angelo. You're like all right, the defense should be fixed. The offense was pretty good last year. Like we got something, and all of a sudden the defense can't stay together and the offense can't fucking score. So something's got to give here. Like I just I honestly wonder what this team would look like if you just had a lineup and ran that lineup out for six straight games. Like don't that's, stop, that's stop fussing with it. Yes. Just let them gel. I, I'd be okay, again. I'd be okay with losing if it was the same guys losing every night. Like this back and forth. Steve Camper, get the fuck off my team. Get like off, Nick Holden, get the fuck off my team. Like play the guys that should be playing. And I get, I I understand benching Smith for a game. Like that was one of the worst games I've ever seen him play, let alone a defenseman play. And I've watched Dan Girardi play for seven years. Yep. Um, he deserved to being benched. Benching him for the extra game, a little excessive, just because he thought they looked good. But so if he was going to do that for those two games, why not do that for seven or eight? Like, keep the same guys in. Like, at this point, if he's going to play Steve Camper, play for seven or eight games then. Like, keep it consistent. Christ, it's so frustrating. He's such a goddamn buffoon. He's so prehistoric. It makes no sense. It's just – it's almost as if A.V. had an aneurysm and now is expecting – chemistry to come within a practice or two the only way these guys are going to get better playing together is if they do just that just nice. i play together greg, yes, you, hey, greg, just... greg nice one bro chemistry to come good job 
Nice job, bro. Nice job, bro. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just saying, has anybody seen Jack Capuano and Elaine Vigneault in the same room since he's been fired? No. Let's get that rumor started. I mean, we haven't seen it. Let's get that rumor started. (laughs) Capuano, fucking, they fired him to go and kill Vigneault, take his spot, and mess up the Rangers from the inside. I'm just saying, let's get that rumor going. Nobody's seen him in the same room. Jack Capuano, the faceless man. I understand. I get it. Oh, my God. That would be a great story. If there's anybody who could illustrate that, do it. Speaking of the room, Brian, uh, how excited are you for the disaster artist? Just out of curiosity. Oh, I'm ecstatic. Yeah. I cannot wait. I saw people trashing it. Like it's like a, it's a movie that didn't need to be made. I'm like, if there's any movie that needed to be made, it's this movie. Case, I can't wait for it. In case anyone was wondering, there's a movie called The Room. I mentioned it in my article of uh, five movies I'd rather watch a hundred times than watch Mark Stahl play defense this season. Yeah. And uh, if you go ahead and watch The Room, please hit me up on Twitter, talk to me about it. Uh, it's fantastic, Brian. That oh, night, hi, Mark. Brian, Brian. That night, we don't have, that after we both see the disaster artist. We don't need to record it. I just want to talk to you about it for two hours. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, honestly, I'm not a Franco guy, but he looks like unbelievable in this movie. Um, like, I think he's gonna like turn me into a Franco guy I, pretty quick. I watched the room <laughs> twice, and I can pretty much quote the whole movie. It's the easiest movie to quote. How, how's your sex life? How's your sex life? <laughs> No, I can't talk about that. How's your sex life? Like, what? Oh, hi, Mark. What kind yeah, of drugs well, I, are you I, doing, Tommy? Like, I just, <laughs> the, holy the shit. fact that he gets called Tommy not once but twice at the end is something I've never – how is – I, I think I got – that's not a real movie. When he puts why. the rag on his crotch, it's just like I, – I can't, dude. The whole movie is incredible. Unbelievable. They throw there's, the football 182 oh, so times. Things. That's a real number. <laughs> but the – the, the drug dealer's name is Chris R. They Chris added a lot of initial. And they take him to jail in 12 seconds. All right. Is Tommy was still, still alive? Yeah. And by, all right. So I got, I was trying to get tickets to go see the room hosted by Tommy Wiseau in New York City. Apparently, he does it every couple months. I'm going to try and go. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I, I honestly, the one of the biggest questions I have about that movie are the sex scenes. It honestly looks like he's screwing the girl's belly button. Oh, in the hip. Yeah. They say it in the trailer of the disaster artist. Like, does he know he's that like, he's, doing your, down? <laughs> he's yeah. doing your belly button? And they reuse the sex scene. From the, fr- the first sex scene Tommy Wiseau has, they reuse it in the second one. They reuse yep. 85% of it. And it's excruciatingly long. It's like oh, nine man. minutes. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> so many unanswered questions in that movie. The dude like, who gets, for, the dude gets on the couch. How much, how, much time, how much time elapsed in that movie? I still don't know. The wedding is it never happens. Days? Is they, it four months? They get the tux on, and the wedding doesn't happen. They just play football. Well, well I mean, they got the tux on to play football, and <laughs> one, of the, one of the one of the groomsmen in the tux doesn't get invited to his surprise birthday party. I, I, what happened there? What happened? They didn't want the psychiatrist. Did, you, did anybody ever see the photo of them all kneeling in the tuxes together, like like put up against the brick wall? No. Again, if somebody can illustrate this, take Greg Ryan and mine's face and put that on there. <laughs> And we'll put it into a t-shirt and sell it. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I'll send you guys – if you haven't seen it, I'll send you guys the picture so you can understand what I'm talking about. We, we might know a guy who can make that. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, the Room is incredible. Speaking of speaking of movies that are out that I, I think are interesting, have either of you seen or have interest in seeing Happy Death Day? I don't even no. know what that is. Um, last, last year movie I saw was Bambi. <laughs> well, you should, you should see It. It is fantastic. Nope. Couldn't pay me enough. Um, I'm with but happy, happy, I'm happy, happy Death Day. I don't know if I'd even call it a scary movie. It's basically Groundhog Day, except the this girl who's in college keeps getting murdered, and then her day starts over. And like so the, she needs to figure out who the hell is doing it. So I like Groundhog Day a lot. So that does sound up my alley. 
But even then, eh, uh, I don't know. Eh. At the point, at some point, I'd probably be rooting for the killer. Yeah, <laughs> like wow, he did it again. Pretty yeah. impressive because she she's reborn I'm, every day. He's more consistent than Elaine Vigneault. <laughs> I'm super all I, I all that to say. I'm just I'm super intrigued by Happy Death Day. I think I'm gonna go see it. All right, sounds good. Um, and I'm not I'm not a scary movie guy, but it blew my mind, and now Happy Death Day has my attention. Listen, yes. I, let's do, do do your own thing. Is what's the movie you're looking forward to most? Actually, Brian, I know you're a big movie guy. Oscar season's coming up. Um, I mean, it's not going to be an Oscar movie, but I'm really excited for Ragnarok. I think I think it's going to be like definitely not an Oscar movie. No, definitely not. Uh, Marvel <laughs> Marvel's gotten complacent, in my opinion. I agree. And so I Marvel's got it. Keep Ragnar- going. Yeah, yeah. I think Ragnarok's going to be a breath of fresh air. I think it's going to be like much different. I think it's going to be like, kind of like a buddy cop film. I'm pretty excited for Ragnarok. Um, it's not probably, much else. Like I can give all fuck out about Justice League. Terrible movie year. Uh, I've been in movies in like months. It's been a terrible I'll, I'll movie year. You, movie I'm most excited about: Murder on the Orient Express. Hmm. What's that? Yeah, I agree with that. That, that looks really good. Uh, there's also a Churchill movie coming out that has my fancy. I'm all about Churchill, I, so I'll probably see that. And I think Gary Oldman is playing yeah, Churchill. I, I agree. He's a shapeshifter. I, yeah, I ride or die with him. <laughs> I agree. Uh, well, listen, is there anything else we have to talk about, uh, Rager-wise? Anything else we want to touch on? Yeah, it's, the night is dark and full of terrors. It's fucking awful. Are they making the, are they making the playoffs? No, man. Uh, no, they're not. No. I agree. Let, I mean, just, just – It seems so weird to say, but I think it's – I think, hey, I think like, we have to admit it. The first step – the first step to admit – was it – what's the – what? Come again? My brain just died. Yeah, yeah. The first step to admitting it is admitting it. All things considered, I don't think the Rangers right now are better than the New Jersey Devils. The Devils no. are four and one. Or maybe no. The Devil. First of all, the Devils look fantastic. Oh yeah. Uh, fuck me. Fuck me. If they're like the Yankees, dude, if they're like the Yankees and they make the playoffs out of their first fucking year in a rebuild, I will kill myself. Like straight up, jump off a bridge. All I'm saying is that we. I, I really wish Keith Kincaid was on our team. And I wish we would have been able to talk to him. That's all I'm saying. So throw it out there, Greg. Throw it out there. You're not wrong. That he's uh, if he gets tonight's game right, he might. I might owe him 200 bucks. So oh, no, really, really insult to injury right there. You might owe Keith KK 200 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? He's in, uh, he's in our, he's, <laughs> Keith, Keith, uh, Wait, Keith Ryder, Keith Ryder dies in our pick'em pool. Yeah, Keith, and uh, he's he's tied for first with 10 picks so far this week. We know Keith a little bit. Well, Greg knows Keith. If he gets, uh, if he gets the Monday night game right, I'm going to owe him 200 bucks. That's hilarious. Tell him to fuck himself alone, it means. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Keith, uh, just let, let you know, uh, go fuck yourself. You know, you'll, he said you'll know what it means. It's you'll fine. It means. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Brian, uh, uh, it's been a pleasure having you back, bud. It's been good to be back on here, guys. Thanks uh, for having me. If you, if you wouldn't mind, maybe another 100 episodes, you come back on. I mean, I don't want to wait that long, but I guess. Yeah, so. you know, I mean, you can come on before that. Whenever you want to talk, <laughs> talk to us, you know you're always invited. You're, you're part of family here. So I appreciate that, uh, and I seriously will talk about the room with you for at least two hours. Re- oh yeah, re- I mean, we can we can literally start a, a room based podcast. Re- room no, or I, I'm not 100 percent sure why I'm not invited. To this, you know, I've seen the room, right? I didn't know you saw it. I thought you waited. It was no, it was Mo Movie Monday. Last oh, week, last week, ago. nice. I didn't know. My bad. Mo um, Movie Monday. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. So all right, explain. Uh, so I have a group of friends here in Albany, and we get together. Uh, Wait, you're, you live in Albany? I do. I'll be in Albany in two weeks. Are you? Oh, 
we'll talk. Wait, what, yeah, we'll, what, we'll, uh, we'll what, have some conversations. What day? What day? What day? What day? Uh, <laughs> October 24th and 25th. Um, interesting. Okay. Oh, what day of the week is that? That's, that's, that's uh, Wednesday and Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, I have Wednesday nights off, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> just saying, we could do something about oh, that. Oh, man. That, that was, I'm jealous I can't be there already. Uh, oh but yeah, so anyway, Mo Movie Monday. It's uh, There's about six to eight of us that get together once a week. We go to Mo's, we devour some beautiful Mexican food, and we watch a movie, and it's never on Monday. So we call it Mo Movie Monday. <laughs> I was going to say, if actual Mo's wasn't involved, I'd be like, this is the dumbest idea ever, but you won me over with the delicious Mexican food. So. Exactly. That's the no, way to win it, it, it's, it's great. We do it once a week. Sometimes we do Mo's on the road. That's when we go to the Mo's at the mall and then see a movie at the movie theater. Um, it's fantastic. It's road. just great. All I don't right. know what movie money is this week, though. I gotta, I gotta figure that out. I don't know. Look forward to, uh, to. Oh, whoa! We're gonna do one more podcast. I don't know if you want to come on for this big one. It's gonna be a huge podcast. Greg, Greg, and Greg, me, and my friend Vinny are doing it. Uh, I'm gonna make the announcement now. It's gonna be a Homeward Bound review podcast where we just talk oh, about Homeward Bound, a serious deep dive on Homeward Bound one, and then we're gonna do two afterwards. All in. All right. So All uh, look forward to that coming. Uh, the, the the four of us, Homeward Bound podcast. And uh, and then we'll do the room. So look, so much material. Jesus Christ. Just planning ahead. Just can't, can't, we just keep creating this content. We can, we I can just, I don't know if you heard, I have a lot of free time now. So <laughs> we can just put Homeward Bound <laughs> in the you. room together because Vin has seen the room like five times. No, no, no. I yeah. want to separate those. Let's we'll actually watch them at the same time. That's, that's a great idea. <laughs> Just saying. Yo, we should, remake, we should remake the room, but with dogs. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Get up, Shadow. Like, just, Shadow, just get up. put dogs as the characters. Shadow just, was a bitch. No, Shadow. So- no, we can't get into this now. Wait for the podcast. <laughs> Wait for the podcast. All right. All I'm saying all I'm saying is if the cat dies, no one's upset. No, I, I honestly would take a bullet to the cat. Like, no doubt. <laughs> Sassy, like, almost dies, though. Well, listen, oh, this is a preview for our Home and Bad podcast and the room coming soon. Uh, the Disaster Artist. We have a lot of content. Brian's got a lot of free time. And I, I'm not, not saying he's part of our team now. And I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. So uh, that's it. Just saying, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a free agent who's not looking to come back. Uh, listen, I, that's why I said it. I didn't say it. But I'm not, I, I, didn't I, I, I didn't, I'm not saying it either. I didn't, that wasn't a, I did not say it. That wasn't a wink. That's what I'm that saying. That wasn't a wink either. I know. You're not winking. I'm just not saying it either. That's all. Brian, Brian is basically Ray Allen, where every year he's going to tell people, this might be the year I want to come back, and we're just <laughs> yeah. going to keep following. We and fall- I'll just shave my head and keep shooting threes. So. We keep, keep following for it from, the, from way, 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 way back of the of our throne. Um, anyway, and that was yeah. the last one. Uh, but thanks for reporting to New Windows Rangers. Uh, we're going to go talk about our 100th episode. Brian, thanks for coming on. We, uh, uh, you're, I know you're not really active on Twitter anymore, right? So we don't really have to plug that. So yeah, here and there, I don't really care if you follow me. I, I don't like not that I don't care about my followers because I do. They're awesome. They're great. Thanks for guys for everything. But like, I, I'll be in and out like here and there. Like you can still reach me on there. I still get notifications. So whatever. Cool, but cool. yeah, cool, 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 cool. All right, uh, stay. We'll, we'll do a bunch of fucking nonsense with you coming up. Thanks for coming on. Love you, buddy. And uh, no problem. Congrats on hundred again, guys. Oh, Keep it for hundred more. Goodness, hundred to the face. Uh, transition. Oh. And we just had like an amazing time with Woj on the podcast. Had a great time talking about Rage stuff with Woj. Always a good time to have him on. Greg, I, I want to just take this time to get a little sentimental for a minute. Oh boy. Uh, it's just been, you know, we've come a long way. 100 episodes. Four weeks from now is our two year anniversary. Uh, it started with me dragging you, kicking and screaming onto this podcast. You still do it every now and then. I was fucking pissed at you last week. I'm aware. I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I get it. Uh, that was my fault. 
And yeah, sure. It, well, well, it was not my fault. No, it was definitely mine. Uh, you were a little no, oh, well, no. I, ca- I came in a little heated. I came in a little heated. <laughs> and also, in, in reflection, in reflection, I came in a little hot. Yeah. So I mean, I was trying to be nice, nice guy. Thought we were just joking around. Did not work out. Not, not no, did not no. work out. Did not. No. And uh, it's almost, it's almost like. Spoiler for people, we recording. We recorded today at like, we started talking to each other at three, and we've been recording for about an hour, yep. hour and a half. Yep. Uh, it's almost like I'm in a better mood when you're not waking me up in the middle of my sleep. Pretty incredible uh, how that works out, huh? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, Ryan, hear me <laughs> out. Maybe, maybe, maybe you should employ me where I'm not working 3 a.m. to noon. Yeah, so that, what if that opportunity comes up in the future, that will happen. If any, okay. hey, this is, you know, weird things have happened from our podcast. We found a producer. Well, we've, yeah. we've, we've, uh, started the website. We've met, yeah. we met Drew and James and, yeah. uh, we've, we've actually met a ton of great people. Are you, it's, it's are, are you from the Albany area or the New York city area? <laughs> do you want to hire Greg Kaplan? <laughs> you can do a lot of things. Even if you just want, do you just need a guy that could be angry about the Rangers with you in the office and you just want someone to talk hockey and vent with? Well, Greg is your guy, and he'll do it while looking disheveled. And listen, if, are you worried about getting in contact with us? Is it is it informal to send a job request through Twitter at, at Blue Shirts Break, where you can ask us any single question whenever you want and ask us to talk about it in the podcast, and we will, and yet no one does it? Yeah, you, there's another way you could do it. You can go to BlueShirtsBreakaway.com, click contact, and say, I have a job for Greg that pays decently. <laughs> our, our DMs are wide, wide open. open. Wide open. Why? Literally, you don't even have to agree with us. We respond to everyone. We, we even do. have. I respond. I respond. I love. First of all, the one thing where I I feel like we've really made it is we now have multiple tro- That's trolls. Weird. Yeah. We used to only have one, and now we have at least three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big time. That that honestly makes me happy that someone gets so annoyed with us that they take time out of their day to tell us how annoyed they are with us. Like that's a pretty great feeling. No, it's great. I when mean, think about it. I mean, let's let's recap some things. You know, we had terrible quality at the beginning. We started. We started. Post, we've posted on Reddit every Tuesday for a hundred Tuesdays in a row. That's actually crazy. Um, we had one time a guy made a blue shirt suck away account on Reddit. That was pretty cool. That was fantastic. That was. Awesome. I, I still feel like we know who that guy I was. Wish, I hope we do. Come out of the woodwork. Talk to us. <laughs> um, we we've gotten guests. We had an NHL player on the podcast. We've. We've, we've met, had the voice of the Hartford Wolfpack. We've gone and brought. We've made great friends. We've brought other podcast hosts on our podcast, and we've been we've been good for the community. I think we've done a yes. lot of good things. No, okay. Well, this this segment is called "Blowing Ourselves yeah, with Ryan." Blowing Greg. myself uh, right now. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, wait, let's just well, say one thing, moves out, one, baby. One thing that I do believe has worked in our favor and has made us somewhat successful. Uh, okay. we're, we're very much not territorial. Oh no! I, I actually like it when people from other Rangers podcasts or people who write about the Rangers come on our podcast and school us. Because you know what? We don't know everything. No, we know maybe three percent of what we actually think we know. Very generous. Um, so when people come on this podcast that are smarter than us, they're not only enlightening us. We hope they're enlightening you. And another thing, I think we should probably try and get a little better at if we want some self-criticism. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've had, outside of obviously writers for other teams don't really count. No. 
I don't think we've had necessarily a Rangers point of view that disagrees with ours. I think right now it's kind of hard to find that. Um, I don't know. It, I, right now it's impossible. Right now I think that would be tough. I think it would be. We, we could we could bring George on. George, George, patron supporter George. He. Hip hip Jorge is I think the one guy we could bring on right now, and he I I think he could he could try for backstory. He probably wouldn't work. George is uh is very fond of AV. Um, he believes in this team, and and great, that's amazing. Like you should believe in this team. It has a lot of talent. I wasn't being disingenuous disingenuous today when I told them, look, man, I wish I could be as optimistic about this team as you. Life would be so much easier if I was optimistic about this Ranger oh, team. Oh, man, would it be nice? It would be great. I but at the same time, what the fuck would we talk about? No. Well, I still want to be optimistic about the Mets. No, yeah, but that's a whole other podcast. Well, you know, as you know, we're a Rangers-Mets podcast. Right, and it is our 100th anniversary, so we need to talk about the yeah, 100th Mets, anniversary. Mets it's our 100th episode. sponsored by Arby's. Um. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, anything. my God. I can't believe that's going to happen. Uh, I have to go eat a Buffalo Wild Wings in case anyone's wondering. And I know that sounds. Oh, we're weird. we're we are inviting people. Oh, to that. yeah, people are going to come. So if you support, if you if you're a Patreon subscriber and you live in the greater New York area and you're not at Buffalo Wild Wings when you're wearing a John Franco jersey, what are what are you doing? Like, <laughs> I got, why? I bought the shirt that says "This guy loves John Franco." I think that was appropriate. I'm um, going to get you a John Franco jersey. Okay, I could. Now, do you want now? Do you want throwback John Franco number thirty-one? Or do you want John Franco once we got Mike Piazza number forty five? So the I think he was I think he was forty five when he told me to fuck off. So I think that's mm-hmm. what I have to go with. How old do you think you were? I was I could do some. I was ten, I believe. Okay, so yeah, yeah, that if you were ten, that was nineteen ninety nine and yep. that is the Mike Piazza years. Yep. I was ten. So yep, that's what he told me to go get away, kid. I'm not signing your ball. Thanks, John. I um, love John Franco. Listen. I'm a, Future, future Met bullpen catcher, John Franco. I, I, listen, there's a lot going on with that Mets team. Crazy, crazy kids they are. Baseball playoffs have been really good, right. by the way. In case you're wondering. Yeah, they've been fine. Okay. Um, I'm. I've never been more excited for managerial interviews as I am this week. It pisses. It, it Ryan. I can't tell you how pissed off I got when the Red Sox fired John Farrell. I knew the second they fired John Farrell, they're going to fucking sign Alex Cora. Alex Cora. Yeah, you were going. Yeah. yeah. That's, and, it was an immediate reaction too. Immediate. And you know what? I'm telling myself that I've wanted Joe McEwing for literally two years. So if we get Joe McEwing, there's no way I'm going to be mad about it. But it would have been nice to have the option. This has been, Everybody wants a fallback. This has been talking about Blue Shirts Breakaway. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, everyone. Um, um, but yeah, no, us. A hundred episodes. I, what, what's the real number we're at? Because we've done a lot of bonus. I, I don't actually even know what our real number is. I think it's probably like 130. 140? I think I think I, well, I don't think it's 140. I think it's I think it's somewhere between 120 and 130. Yeah, that's, that that sounds right. I only count the Tuesday episodes because we've done some bonus stuff and we still have more bonus stuff to come. Like let's see, let's see. We've done we did a playoff preview this year. Yep, we did. A, uh, we did Baby Driver this year. NFL over unders. We did NFL over unders. There's a bunch, man. Taco Bell. Uh, I did a serial podcast with Angel. Yeah, uh, yep. we're gonna get back to that. I want to do some more podcasts with Angel and just talk food. There's a lot of stuff going yep. on. So. Uh, we also We've done sell, quite a bit. We also have a World War, World War II podcast coming up, so that'd be fun. We have a, I have a couple ideas for bonus podcasts. We need to talk I about mean, it. we're doing an emergency pod whenever the Mets announce a manager, okay. so you can bank that. Sure, we did, a Jay Bruce, we did a Jay Bruce podcast. We did do that. That was crazy. Uh, um, well, what? Listen, we're trying to provide you guys with any sort of whatever. If you don't want to listen to the bonus stuff, I really don't blame you. Uh, we're also trying to provide you with stickers, Ryan. Yeah, those I actually have. Uh, now I just have to get time this week to ship. So that's fine. Got them last Thursday. Yeah. They will be going go out. To, go, to the, go to the post office. 
Well, yeah. Stamps.com. Stamps. Isn't I, this what they make Stamps.com for? I actually, I just signed up for Stamps.com. Sounds this. like you're doing stats.com. I know, and I hate that they're not a sponsor. <laughs> you should uh, use promo code RINGER. Yeah, I should. Wow, we get other podcast flux? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Free advertising. We got nothing. Uh, again, if you want to give Greg a job, hit us up. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this entire podcast to Bill Simmons and just be like, bro. Bro, listen. Come on. We gave you a, give us a job. That'll, that, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, instead of instead of uh, working a three to noon shift, I now live in the West Coast and I'm three hours behind you that would be for miserable. everything. Yeah, that would be miserable for me, but uh, that's okay. Oh, I would, you'd feel my pain for a little bit here, huh? Uh, wouldn't you? A little bit. But we're, I, I know you guys think we're kidding about the Greg Job thing. Like, we're not. No, 100%. No, not. I, I, like, I like money and would like to make it. I don't like Money seems people. like a good thing. And we're not talking Buco Dolores, in case anyone was wondering. No, I would like I would just like not to live paycheck to paycheck. That's it. That's it. Like, so you're like you're like, man, Greg seems like he could do something at my job. Hit, hit him up. Even if you no, no, hold on. First of all, even if you don't think I could do something at your job, <laughs> if you think your job is completely I am unqualified for it beyond measure, I don't care. I just I you like me, obviously. You yeah, wouldn't like me if you were talking here. about your job. It's been a hundred episodes. What are you doing? And I know now. See, I also know we have some listeners in the um, United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And let let me just say, I love the football, so I can make conversation there too. Yeah, it's true. He does I talk. can say stuff. I can say stuff like, uh, uh, let me see here. Um, Pep Guardiola has finally found out how to play the English game. And that was talking soccer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was uh, just doing another podcast here. All right, but listen, uh, this has been blowing ourselves with Ryan and Greg. Um, we don't do this too often. We usually thank you guys forever. So uh, thanks for bearing with us. You probably turned this off already. That's a good idea. And uh, we'll be back next week with episode 101. What will we talk about then? Who knows? Stay tuned. Oh, probably going to be angry at AV if I had to guess. Yeah, uh, probably. Do you want to do for the bonus, since we're here, for bonus Patreon episode, we'll talk, we'll talk Team USA, and then we'll send it right to that guy directly, specifically for him. <laughs> Oh yeah, let's. We'll do it. This is so. What we're talking about here, the thing we are alluding to, yes, we are. Is um, we are doing every week after we record, or at least we should every week after we record. We do ten extra minutes just for our Patreon listeners. But this week, since I lost the bet, which our Patreon listeners are going to know about, and you can know about too, if you become a subscriber on our Patreon page, and it's just a dollar. It's just a dollar. Just. Just a dollar gets you there, baby. Just get to the Discord, and you just yell at us all day long. You're like, man, this guy yell at Ryan and Greg 24-7? Guess what? You can add us all day. It's fucking crazy. The crazy thing about that is you actually will interact with one of us 24 hours a day because I wake up at 2 a.m., and that's usually <laughs> when Ryan is going to sleep. And then when I go to sleep, Ryan is very much still awake. Yep. So usually if you're in the Discord, no matter what the hour, one of us is awake. And again, we've, we've pimped that out forever. It's it's a really great time. Love all our support. Yep. But, I mean, hey, if you want to hear more of us, literally at least 10 extra minutes a week, all you have to do is become a subscriber. That's it. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Follow us at Twitter at Blue Shirt Break. Seriously, any questions, hit them up. Like, uh, contact us on the website or on the on the Twitter. We, all, we, we don't do question sections because we don't really get too many. Uh, so we would love to do some of that. In the future, nonsense is accepted too. In case you're wondering, and if anyone has a job offer for Greg, go get him. I think I'm gonna. Oh make- my Christ! We we didn't ask Joe if a hot dog is a sandwich. Oh my God! Are we failures? Well, he had to go. Our hundredth episode. Oh, he kind of ended it on us. He had to go. He had to go. So next time, we'll get him next time. All right, bud. Let's get out of here. Bye bye.